Monday, June the 20th, 8am. The portly one, Farty, yelled up, Georgia, up now. You've got five minutes to get your bum down here. Oh, he's so crude. And how dare he take my bum's name in vain? My delightful little sister unexpectedly burst into my room to collect Sandra. She was wearing a see-through plastic packamac and some tiny, tiny pants that she must have had when she was a baby. Or, more likely, she has nicked them from a poor, unfortunate child at play school. I must tell Mutti to remind the mothers not to leave their toddlers unattended when Libby's around. She came over, quite slowly, because the tiny pants were making her walk with small steps, got into bed with me and grabbed our lord and started to cuddle him. I said, I'm getting up for school now, Bibbs. She said, snuggle buggle. We had a bit of a cuddle and I kissed the top of her head. Is it normal to be able to snack on Rice Krispies from your little sister's head? Mutti came bustling in wearing a costume designed for a teenage prostitute. Georgia, get up! It's ten past eight, you'll be late. I said, late for what? Six hours of misery at Stalag 14 being tortured by the Hitler Youth, followed by twelve hours of extreme boredom and starvation at home. She didn't even listen. She said, don't be so silly. You're such a drama queen. Is everyone's life like this? Cleaning my tushy pegs, ten minutes later. I wish it was Friday and I could just get it all over with. Massimo comes round and says, I'm sorry, Georgia, I cannot be your one and only one. How do you say in English language? Ah, yes. So long, loser, 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 double loser. Snap, snap, get the picture. Then I could just go back to being ordinarily bored and depressed. One minute later. I grabbed a piece of toast from the kitchen to ward off death. Angus was happily chewing on something in his basket. He's better fed than me. On the way out of the front door, I heard Mum screeching like a banshee. Bob, Bob, that horrible furry thing is eating my tights. Stop him, stop him, trap him with that chair. Then I heard some crashing and Dad shouting and cursing. Mum hadn't finished. Of course you haven't broken your leg, Bob. Anyway, never mind about that. Get Oh, now he's in the laundry room. Oh, dear God. He's doing a poo in the ironing. That is it. They are going. They are going. 8.40am. Jazz was on her wall with Tom when I puffed up the hill. They were looking at something in a brown paper parcel. Jazz was talking in a really silly girly voice that she uses when Hunky is around. I swear to God she will be developing a lisp soon. Pathetic. She went, Ooh, Hunky, that is so interesting. Look at this, Georgia. And she held out the brown paper bag. There was a newt in the bag. How beyond the valley of the really quite mad and entering the world of the certifiably bonkers is that? Jazz said, it's got very unusual markings. I'm taking it into biology to show Miss Baldwin. I said, yeah, good idea, crawler. But she didn't even notice that I'd called her a teacher's body kisser because she was so busy being an idiot round her boyfriend. Tom left us at the corner to go off to college. As he kissed her on her cheek, Jazz was fiddling with her fringe so much that I thought she'd had sudden onset of rampant disco inferno dancing. At last they parted, but only after she had blown kisses at him and then he had to pretend to catch them and blow them back for about two trillion years. She was completely lost in Jazzland. Oh, it's so, so, so nice to have him back. I said, is it nice to have him back then? But she didn't get it. She just started again. Oh, yes, it is. It's so, so nice to have him back. I could never not have a boyfriend. It would be so sad. Imagine not having a boyfriend. Oh, actually, I suppose you can imagine not having a boyfriend. What a cow she can be. 
I didn't hit her because I think violence is wrong, and also she was walking too quickly for me to kick. I just said, You are a very caring person, Jazz. It's almost uncanny how empathetic you are. I know. Do you know what? Sometimes it's like I can actually read Tom's thoughts. Really? You mean when he's looking at you and not saying anything and yet you know what he's thinking? Yeah, like that. Yeah, I could read his thoughts today too when he was looking at you. Really? Mm, yes, it was quite clear. He was thinking, Hey, I've accidentally got a prat for a girlfriend. Hobbling into Stalag 14. I'm not speaking to Jazz. She is very violent. I may have to go to a support group for victims of friends' violence. UNPAL, United Kingdom's Network for Protection Against Loonies. Assembly. I'm at the far end of the Ace Gang lineup next to Rosie. Not in my usual position next to Mad Dog Jazz. She has given Ellen, Jules, Mabs and Roro midget gems from her secret stash, but I don't care because I'm giving her my cold shoulders. She's only got a boyfriend in the first place because of my excellent stalking skills. If it wasn't for me, she would still be Mrs. Sad on the shelf of life. One minute later. Like me. Oh, God. Even Rosie doing her shoulder disco dancing during Jerusalem failed to work its usual magic. Although when she sang, And was Jerusalem builded here Amongst these dark satanic pants? I did snap and join in with a laughing attack the ace gang had. We had to be shushed by the Hitler youth. Slim, our beloved elephantine headmistress, was in full jelloid mode. She was wearing an unusually attractive jumper in canary yellow. It must have taken at least ten sheep to make it. When she loses her rag, she trembles all over, but each bit trembles independently. Chins, jowls, bazoomers. If there was such a thing as jelly wrestling, she would be top at it. One minute later. Oh, drone on. Yawn, yawn. What was she talking about? No loitering without intent in the loose. In my day, you were lucky to get a shoe to live in. Only 19 more days to go to our production of Macbeth. I hope you're all telling your parents about it. Blah, blah, blah. As if... Then through the dark mist of boredom, like a hearing eye dog, I heard my name mentioned. As I drifted back into consciousness, I heard her say, Georgia Nicholson and Rosie Mees to see me in my office immediately after assembly. Oh dear God, what fresh hell! I looked at Rosie and she looked back. I shrugged my shoulders. She shrugged back. I looked at the ace gang and shrugged my shoulders and they shrugged back. The ace gang, I mean, not my shoulders. I don't mean my shoulders have a shrugging life of their own. What have we done? As we were walking out in a winter wonderland of shrugging, Hawkeye appeared from nowhere like the bride of Dracula and barked out, Stop that shrugging! I said to Rosie, Now shrugging is a capital offence, apparently. Don't accidentally shake your head, for God's sake. Outside Slim's office, ten minutes later. In the waiting room of fear, there are Rosie and I and a couple of scaredy first formers playing with their pigtails. Ooh, Roro said, Do you remember when the Bummer twins had a pigtail-cutting extravaganza? Ah, the Bummers, Jackie and Alison. They had taken bullying to new heights before they were expelled for shoplifting. There was, for instance, their famous using of first formers as armchairs, and in a particularly inspired moment, they had actually superglued one of the little titches to a bench. 
In their pigtail campaign, they used to snip off bits of first formers' pigtails as they passed by and then hang them on their havies like scalps. Rosie said, I wonder what's happened to the bombers. I said, prison with a bit of luck. Two minutes later, Slim had the scaredy little ones in first. They came out about five minutes later all red and crying and hiccuping. I gave one of them a snot rag and asked, what did you do? Ginger Titch said, we, we drew a picture of a foal with a bra on, on the blackboard in Blodge. I said, well done, girls. Keep up the good work. We're relying on you. Rosie slapped them both on their backs. A bit hard, actually. I thought their lungs might shoot out. She said, good as workers, smallest idiotus. And they went off looking really pleased. I said, I like to think they look up to us as examples of womanhood. And Rosie said, Yes, but what you have to keep in mind is that you are bonkers. Then we heard our beloved leader shout out, Come! Here we go, a duffing up for something that we quite clearly have not done, whatever it is. Slim was scribbling away at her desk. The chair she must have been sitting on, unless she was levitating, was completely hidden from view by her jalloidness. I wonder if she has a specially reinforced chair. There is probably a specialist circus furniture shop where she gets her requirements. Imagine the size of her bath. Oh no, now I've got a nuddy pants Slim in my head. Slim finally looked up. What had we done? I'm returning these to you. Wow, this was a turn up for the book. And she handed me a bag. It was the bison horns. The return of the bison horns. Yes! The horns brought back especially from Hamburger and Gogo land for the ace gang. I fondled the horns and thought back to when I'd first worn them, riding a bucking bronco bar stool in Gaylords while Rawhide played. Let no one say that the Hamburgese have given us no culture besides Elvis. In fact, as I have said many times to those who will listen, i.e. no one, we have a lot to thank our tiny American chums for. Mostly things beginning with H. Hamburgers. Hillbillies, howdy doody, um, horns, and so on. Slim was still rambling on. Now, I like a joke as much as the next person, but there is a time and a place, and wearing bison horns during German is not the place. Ironically, you two are quite bright girls, but you waste your talents on silliness. You won't get a job as a silly person, you know. I didn't say Miss Wilson has, because, as Slim says, there is a time and place for everything, and time waits for nomads, etc. I was pleased to have the horns back, and it made me think quite kindly about Slim. She isn't such a bad old huge elephantine thing, really. When we got to her door to go, I did think about pretending to be an hilarious alien, like in Doctor Who, and saying, I offer you my mandible in peace. But then I thought, uh, no. German. Herr Kammeyer seems to have accidentally come to work dressed as a twit. His trousers are so short, they are bordering on the Bermuda shorts area of legwear. And there is never an excuse for wearing a sleeveless jerkin with diamond patterns all over it, even if you've been brought up on a diet of Spanglefurkel. I stared at him. He was quite literally a sight for sore eyes. If you looked at him, he gave you sore eyes. He can always be relied on to come up trumps in the twit arena. He blinked back at me. Guten Morgen, Georgia and Rosie. We clicked our heels together and said, Jawohl, Commandant! I sat next to Rosie in our comfy seats on the back row. 
In some of our lessons, we're not allowed to sit together for some mad reason that escapes me. Something to do with attention deficit disorder. I got out my chuddy and settled down on my arms to have a little ziz. But I could feel mad beadies looking at me. I opened my eyes. It was Jazz, just looking at me. Look all you want, miss looking at me person. She so wanted to know why we had been to Duffing Up headquarters and come back looking so pleased, but she will be the last to know anything about me now. Fifteen minutes later. It's impossible to get a decent sleep in German. You just drift off and the shouting begins. It's all Achtung or Schnell and Raus Raus and more Spangle Ferkel. God blimey. I was awake now, so I might as well do something. I got the horns out. I nudged Rosie awake and said, Look at my lap. She said, As I've said before, Georgia, you're an attractive girl and everything, but I'm just not interested. I said, No, really, look. Take a good look. Drink in the sight. The bison horns are back. I made up a little dance with the horns on either hand. Rosie said, Sound out the bells of England. The fun days are back. Break. Yes, indeedy. Even though I am on the rack of love, I have the bison horns to comfort me. As we ambled off to Ace Gang headquarters behind the fives court, I said, Do you know, I can feel it in my waters. The bison horns are a symbol of hope. The fact that Slim gave them back is a sign from baby Jesus. It is the dawn of a new era. Ellen said, What, uh, do you, I mean, do you mean that people will be more spiritual and get back to nature and, and looking after the earth and... Is she mad? I said, no. What it means is that Massimo will be mine, mine, or oh, miney, mine, mine. I said it to the gang, apart from Jazz, who I was ignorevuing like Billio. She was doing reverse ignorevuing by pretending to be interested in what Ellen was saying. I said to the others, in some ways I'm looking forward to the autumn term because, of course, it means the return of the beret. Imagine the scene. A cold morning at Stalag 14. The grey day stretches ahead, filled with lesbian perverts and sadistic teachers. But then, up the hill, past the Foxwood lads setting fire to their farts and generally being prats, comes a sight to lift the spirits. Could it be? Is it true? Silhouetted against the sky is an awesome sight. It's the return of the ace gang in winter uniform. Berets proudly worn with bison horn attachments. Yes! The gang broke into spontaneous Klingon saluting. Maybe everything is going to be all right. Two minutes later. When we got to our headquarters, Rosie donned her horns. She strolled up and down, just enjoying the magnificence of her own horns. Once we all had them on, I said, Perhaps this is a good time to repeat the Ace Gang manifesto. Because some people, who shall remain nameless to save them shame, and that means you, Jazz, seem to forget about the ace gang when boys turn up. Jazz didn't say anything. She just straightened her horns and smoothed down her fringe. In case she was going to have a violent spaz like this morning, I went behind Rosie because my ankle still hurt. Rosie said, yes, one for all and all for one and one for the road and so on. Jazz was still fiddling about with her fringe, so Rosie put her arms round me and Jazz and said, Let bygones be bygones. Shake hands and let the rule of horn reign. Mabs, Jules and Ellen were all looking at us. Mabs said, One for all and one for the road and all for one. 
I put my hand out first to Jazz, which is very, very nice of me, seeing as it was me who was kicked. But that is me all over, always the first to offer the hand of friendliness. After a little minute, Jazz held out her hand. Rosie raised her eyebrows, and the ace gang started doing wise-ish nodding. Rosie said, now hug. Jazz gave me a little hug, and I sort of hugged her back. There was a bit of nunga-nunga contact, so I leapt back quickly and said, um, group hug, group hug. This culminated in a group hug that nearly made my eyes pop out. Jules was so hyped up, she yelled, one for all, and all for one, and all in a one for... Anyway, hip hip hooray for Merry England and the Ace Gang. We finished up with a sailor's hornpipe, which I have to say was a spontaneous idea of mine, because England is, after all, a seafaring nation and renowned for its hornpipes. Then, Wet Lindsay, an astonishingly dim moniker, came round the corner wearing their prefect badges. How uncool is that? Ver, ver uncool is the answer. They are always following us about. Haven't they got lives? Lindsay has done something alarming to her head. Her hair has somehow grown a foot over the weekend. I mean, 12 inches. I I don't mean that there was a foot coming out of her head, although there might as well be. She's had extensions. What a mistake. They are spectacularly chav and naff. She said, Ah, are you little girls practicing games for one of your pyjama parties? Will there be lemonade and biscuits? How could Massimo even think of snogging her? Er, like a pongos. I drew myself up with great dignitosity and adjusted my horns, which had slightly fallen over one eye in the excitement of the hornpipe. Your hair is looking unusually, um, unusual, Lindsay, if you don't mind me saying. I mind you saying anything. In fact, I mind you breathing. The bell rang then for the end of break, and she went on. Get back inside, because if one of you is a minute late, it's a bad conduct mark for you all. Ooh, fear factor ten. Not. But we all went grumbling and moaning off towards the science block. Lindsay yelled after us, and take those horns off, you stupid idiots. I said, charming. What a charming, charming person she is, in every single way charming.